What up, it's your boy Tony Sumo coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out of the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes. Now use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store. Get some jammo in your life. It'll cure what ails you. And check out tiki-tribe.com. That's T-I-I-K-I tribe.com for all your ready-made meal solutions. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram too. And if you use the code Tiny Sumo, you can get 20% off in store with those guys now. And me, I'm your boy Tiny Sumo. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends, tell your family. Your boy appreciates it. But I think that's enough of a plug. So let me get down with my guest. You! Sarah, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you for taking the time to have a chat. I really appreciate it. No worries. Look, we got there eventually. We had some time <laughs> swaps. You know, these things happen. That's all right. But we've made it happen eventually, and that's all that matters. Yeah, eventually. Eventually we got there. Now, look, big congratulations on your last win, your previous win at Heck. Um, very, very strong performance. Uh, I guess a very strong fighter, so I definitely want to talk about that. But yep. what I like to do with the chat before I talk about any recent or any upcoming stuff, things like that, I want to go back. I want to find out how you first got involved in fighting. Obviously a massively extensive judo background, so if you could, take me back to the start and tell me how you got started. Um, so when I was about eight, uh, my mum knew the guys that ran our local judo club and they were kind of struggling to get members and asked if we could go down and help out. So we went down and had a look back since. That was it? That was it? That was in yep. to the gi and done at eight? Yep. Now, like, in terms of... Because judo is one of those things as well. I don't think people understand how physically hard judo is and how rough it is on the body. So the fact that you did it for that period of time as well, because every judoka I know is beat to shit. Yeah, so I've had three surgeries, two knee reconstructions, and uh, snapped Achilles, which I had to have a third as well. Oh, yeah. No, look, I'm not shocked by that. Um, I think every, <laughs> everyone that I yeah, everyone that I've trained with judo wise have all got like their shoulders are stuffed, like it, yep. it's always fingers are wrecked, knees are shot. Everyone's held together by rolls and rolls and rolls of tape. Yeah, seriously, we need tape sponsors because we spend <laughs> hundreds of dollars on tape a year. There we go. Tape sponsors, get out the judokas. They need <laughs> it. You need to hold them together. It's the only hope. Yeah. Have you seen Daniel Kelly? He doesn't walk without tape. He's a mummy. Yeah, no, he's a mummy. He's <laughs> completely covered. But that's the same thing. Um, I don't know. Cause you, being national team, did you compete at the same time as Steve Brown? Um, yeah. So we went to Glasgow Commonwealth Games together. Yes. Um, yeah. and. Yeah, around the same time around then. Yeah, no, Brownie was my judo coach as well. So same oh, deal. Cool. I got to I got to see him just taped to shit constantly as well. And like now with him making, you know, him having made the move into MMA, he's like, oh no, it's way easier on the body. It's so much nicer. Yeah, yeah, it's way nicer. There's no throwing or getting thrown. The worst part about judo is getting thrown, and um, you can't avoid it if you want to throw your partners and kind of have to let them throw you as well. <laughs> you got to take turns. That is the only fair thing. So yeah. I mean. With your extensive judo background as well, like you said, comp games, things like that, at what point sort of during that did you decide that you wanted to step away from judo and have a look at MMA? Um, so when I snapped my Achilles in the lead-up to um, Beijing Olympics, that kind of put me out of the, not Beijing, um, Rio, that kind of put me out of the uh, running altogether. And it took a really long time to come back and get back to 100%. And by then, it was over a year I hadn't done judo. Um, I really pushed it to make it, 
um, to come back for the national championships, and I didn't do very well. Kind of the motivation wasn't there anymore. There was another four years until another Olympics. That's a long time, and I was getting old, so um, decided to do something else. That is the thing with the Olympic circuit as well, and I and it, I don't think enough sort of light is shone on that part of it. The fact that like the time period is, I think, the hardest part. You know, like that four-year cycle, and you've got to do this comp to go to that comp, and that comp to go to yeah. that comp. And it, if something doesn't line up in that four years, it that's it. It's done. Yeah, it's also a huge financial burden. Like I was living paycheck to paycheck, just trying to find money to go to the next competition to get points. Uh, it's really hard to qualify, so, yeah. That is one area definitely where Australia is uh, behind a lot of the other nations. I mean, um, there's, there's going to be loads of places that have really strong combat sports, you know, um, funding backgrounds and things like that. Um, Australia is not necessarily anywhere near that. No, but we I, have a little bit, but not much. I would like to see, I think, hopefully maybe with the popularity of MMA, I've seen that it's sort of bled into other areas, you know, like other things are now getting a little bit more attention, you know, like the offshoots of MMA, the aspects of MMA, people are going, oh, yeah. well, if we want, we want Olympic judokas because we want Olympic judokas to then get into MMA, but we need to somehow build that, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They can definitely help each other. It's, I've seen it too, like even uh, the rise in like... um you know, freestyle wrestling competitions and things like that. You know, you had to, yep. there was only like two of those a year, you know, a decade ago, you had to go, you had to go internationally, like, and you had people sort of just rolling up and jumping into the wrestling comps because there was no one doing them. But now with the popularity of MMA, I think that there's been a massive spike in that too. Obviously, Jiu-Jitsu oh, yeah, was sure. very popular. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's, I think it's been a really cool thing to see those, you know, aspects of mixed martial arts now get a bit more attention. Yeah. Yeah, it is good to see. All right, so let's talk about then making the transition to MMA itself. What was that like for you coming from judo? Because I know the other people that I've sort of worked with and things like that, there's a lot of the habits that you drag across from judo that might not translate and vice versa. What yeah, was it like so, for you making that transition? Yeah, so to break those habits, um, Daniel said I wasn't allowed to fight MMA until I had had at least four um, Muay Thai fights. So mm-hmm. I had to do that first. And then once I've done those, I was allowed to have an MMA fight. So that's what got you out of because oh, I think a lot of it too I've noticed is like it's the footwork a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, and also like trying to grab a grip um, and leaving your face exposed to be punched. Yeah, that probably doesn't help. No, no. no there's definitely those things that you need to sort of work on. So the, it was the four Muay Thai fights that you had to do before you did MMA. Yep, that's and the way he like, did it, so that's the way I had to do it. Ah, fair enough. No, well, look, and he's <laughs> obviously very experienced fighting in the big show itself. So I mean. You, you take that advice and you go, yep, uh, I'll, I've got to do that. Yeah, well, if I wanted him to coach me, I have to do what he says. No, fair call. All right, so you've made the transition then. You've had the Muay Thai fight, MMA itself. I want to talk about this last fight at Hex. Yeah. Because coming into the fight, your opponent, Gase, had a heap of hype around her. Anyone that follows um, the amateur scene, IMAF, things like that, you know, her performance at Worlds, obviously very strong. So coming yep. into that fight, she was she was on a really good run. Yep, With that fight sure. itself, though, you shut it down. You you looked fantastic all three rounds. Thanks. I was very tired. No, well, <laughs> and understandably so because the output was very high. So w- walk me through the fight, though, as well, because I want to know what it was like for that fight itself. You know, very strong fighter. I think she's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, I want to say. 
Yeah, I think so. Like yeah, and, and that's it. Just coming off Worlds, you know, very, very strong performance there, obviously. So that's a big fight for you to have at Hex. Walk me through the fight itself, if you could. Um, so I don't really remember much of it. I remember I had my back on the cage a lot, and um, I got in trouble a lot for that. Um, but yeah, so the plan was to keep because she does jujitsu, we were going to try and keep the um, fight standing. But because I couldn't really get her off me, then I had no choice but to use judo and try and take it to the ground. And yeah. the commentators were stoked about that. They were very happy about the judo throws. <laughs> yeah. Well, they look nice. They do. They look fantastic. <laughs> and that's what you want to see in the highlight clips anyway. You want to see those throws. Yeah. But the striking exchanges too, that's the other thing now that you've mentioned those Muay Thai fights, because in the striking exchanges, you were getting the better of those. It's not that you were just dominating the standing gra- you know, grappling aspect, but the striking exchanges, you were getting the better of those. Yeah, so I really worked on my striking the last couple of years, like more so than anything else. Um, and that's, I feel like, um, yeah, that's where I was beating her. So I wanted to keep it there, but it just wasn't possible because she was so good at crashing me backwards onto the cage. And that, like looking at the fight as well, that looked like that was obviously her idea going into the fight that she wanted your back against the cage and have that wrestling exchange like that. Um, but see, I, and I think too, it almost looks from an outside perspective that she wasn't expecting your hands to be as strong as they were. Yeah, I don't think she was expecting that either. You know, you definitely (laughs) definitely were catching her on the end of a lot of shots, and it almost looked like when they were hitting her, she was surprised that they were hitting her, if that makes sense. Yeah, and she kept walking forward, though. It was so frustrating. I'd hit her, and her head would bounce, and I'd just put it back down and walk forward. (laughs) That was frustrating. That's unfortunate, (laughs) because it would be much nicer to just hit that one shot and walk off. But, yeah. you know, to go the full three rounds and to have such a strong showing and the scorecards reflected it as, like, the scorecards, what, I think two of the cards were 30-26. Yeah, I was not expecting that either. Cause, you know, in the middle of the round, Daniel yelled at me and told me that I, was, I had lost the first two rounds. So, um, so I, was, I was a bit surprised. <laughs> but that's <laughs> also too... way of motivating me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that might be his coaching, you know, like, he's like, all right, I can't have her go out just try and coast this last round or whatever it may be. She's got to go out and try for the finish type thing. Um, but then, I mean, what was it? I think there was two of 30, 26, and one of 29, 27, maybe? Yeah, I think or maybe so. I'm maybe I'm fudging those figures. But I remember the 30, 26s. But yep. very strong performance. And I, that was a, that was the biggest takeaway for me. For someone that follows the, the amateur scene, the IMF scene, and having Gase come in and have her professional debut, for you as well, both having your professional debuts, to get that win, that's a very good first win as a pro. Thanks. Thank you. So, now that that's done, you've got that out of the way. First pro win against a strong opponent. Where to from here? What are the plans? Have we got anything else coming up for the rest of the year? Um, so, I definitely want to fight uh, before the year is over. I think there's a hex again at the end of the year and maybe AFC is coming back. So, any one of those, I'd love to jump on um, and fight. I have um, seen, yeah. I'm excited for AFC. I have seen that popped up that they're coming back. So that's just another show to add into the mix. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of shows on at the minute with Hex. Um, Eternal are doing a show every other weekend. XFC yeah, coming yeah. down to Melbourne now too. Yeah. Uh, but AFC, just having another one in the mix. I mean, they used to do fantastic shows. So that'll be very exciting to have them yeah, back yeah. on the scene. Yeah, that is exciting. So there's yeah, heaps of opportunities. So yeah, I sort of fight for the end of the year. Nice. Let's get Sarah back in the cage. That's what we're saying. Yep. Nice. Fantastic. All right, look, before we wrap it up, I'd like to give people a chance 
to get any plugs, mentioned, shout outs, anything like that out of the way. So anyone you want to mention, um, do yeah. it now and we'll tag them in when I post up later on. Uh, thanks to my mom for coming and watching me fight, even though I know she hated it. <laughs> um, thanks to Michelle for getting my nutrition straight. Thanks to Daniel, Andy, and Kit, my coaches, um, and my partner Owen, and everyone else. Thanks there you go. Nice. Too easy. And look, that's the thing as well. People sometimes forget. They ring me afterwards or they message me afterwards. And say, oh, I forgot to mention this, but it's fine because you can tag them in. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you back in the cage. Hopefully, it's sometime soon. Hopefully, it's on a Melbourne show so I don't have to travel too far. And uh, <laughs> best of luck, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. No dramas. See you later. Bye.